You're listening to Adam Epstein. So we're talking about this unidentified interstellar object now leaving our solar system. Noon to three every day on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Wouldn't you want something that's going to fly in to look fully camouflaged, fly into our solar system, look like a meteor, long, wide, and skinny. Now at 105.1 FM. It's in fully stealth mode. I mean, that's what I'm looking (laughs) at it. I'm thinking this is a plane that's in full stealth mode. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to A-Wide Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, training camp day nine for the Washington Commanders. Things are heating up. We've seen reports of fights, punches thrown, and there are several commanders already showing up on the injury report. We've got the Richmond Commander coming up at 1 p.m. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in, 833 804 0910 There's a lot of drama in college football. We'll catch up with CBS Sports reporter Shihan Jayarajah. He'll join us today at 145. And then I mentioned the U.S. Women's National Team with a must-win game Sunday morning. Sebi Salazar, Sebastian Salazar of ESPN FC will join us today at 2.30 p.m. But right now, joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline... He is the sergeant in the AWOD Army, Sergeant Rick Snyder. How are you doing today, Rick? Oh, just trying to survive, you know, just (laughs) like the uh, commanders. They're waiting for the real stuff to start. Yeah, so how many days have you been out at training camp? And give me your sights and sounds of the training camp so far for the commanders. Uh, I've been three times. I don't go every day anymore. I did that for many years. But, But I've been, you know, I go every few days to make sure I see what's going on. I think the crowds have been really good. It kind of reminds me, most people don't remember the Richmond crowds. First few yeah. years of Richmond, especially the weekends, were packed. And we're starting to see that again. It's like everybody said, wow, Dan's gone. It's okay to be a fan again. It's free tickets. Come on over. They've got a really nice uh, built-up uh, stands like they use at golf tournaments, uh, temporary stands. It's a really nice situation. So, um most of the media wasn't around, yeah, I guess, for Richmond. But, um, you know, by and large, it, it's a lot like that. It's a lot of new fans or, or old fans coming back. When you, From what you've seen at training camp, have you been able to kind of judge the quarterback play? You know, Sam Howell versus Jacoby Brissett. What does it look like when the ball comes out of each of their arms? Can you kind of compare the two quarterbacks for me? Sam definitely is more of a downfield guy. Jacoby's more of an intermediate uh, passer. I think I think Sam has had a little bit better of a camp, but you know you're throwing against each other and it's not much live action till now uh, on it. So it, it's hard to say, you know, how will Sam really do when the you know when the lights come on? We know Jacoby; he's got a, a body of work, but Sam, we just have one game there to see. So if Sam can do what he's doing in practice, he'll be fine. I, I never thought he'd be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but I think he's a functional, decent quarterback. They've got enough assets around. It's still coming down to can this offensive line. <laughs> All right, Bless you. Um, the, um, it, it still comes down, can this line really protect them? That's the whole season. Rick Snyder with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Sergeant Snyder and the AWOD Army. Follow him on social media. Snyder underscore remarks. 
You can read his work online, monumentalthoughts.com. He's also a columnist for 106.7 The Fan. So, Rick, everyone's fired up for Eric Bieniemy for his screaming and cursing and kind of demanding perfection. I'm wondering, do you think that's going to rub people on the team the wrong way if they start losing games? It's funny. I did a video about this yesterday on Rick Snyder's Washington YouTube, and it was was over 50,000 views and still rolling. And especially what my point to it was, you know, I'm not worried about him cursing at players because players are grown men and they can take it. And quite frankly, if you curse all the time, it washes over people and they don't even hear it anymore. Um, You know, I grew up in a different age where that was so common, you know, more than today where maybe things aren't. Uh, But what I said is I don't like that he does it in front of the crowds. Because there's a lot of kids, and I get tired of hearing kids that are 8 to 10 years old cursing at people. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you had your mouth washed out with soap for doing such a thing. And I think he should set a better example. I can remember Norv Turner doing it, uh, yelling the F word his first practice, and the crowd was hushed. This is 30 years ago, but because Gibbs never did that. So mm-hmm. anyway, you know, cursing's a real generational thing now. It's so much more common. Uh, than before. I think we should act better. I think Eric should be a little better with that. I don't mind the intensity. He's doing, trying to push these guys. I think he's doing a good job uh, with all of that. And I think mostly the players just don't really mind it that much. Yeah, I mean, my take is I think they need it. I, I really think Scott Turner was just way too soft on them uh, over the past few seasons. And, you know, I even heard, what was it, Deami Brown or someone talking uh, to reporters, and they were like, yeah, last year's offense was kind of basic uh, compared to this year with Eric Bieniemy. So I love hearing things like that. Rick, how closely have you been following the Jamin Davis story? I know Nikki Javhala uh, po- tweeted yesterday that he agreed to a revised plea deal with the Commonwealth, and there's a new hearing set for August 31st. Yeah, you guys take speeding seriously in Virginia. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, once, I once got a speeding ticket in Virginia, and it, was, it wasn't cheap. Um, so I actually do pay attention in Virginia. So if you're out there, please don't leave me alone. Um, you know, he was doing 114 on a, a during the afternoon, on a, you know, regularly used road around uh, the park. To, to say that it's dangerous is an understatement. He had a team teammate two weeks uh, different, you know, was in a fatal car accident. A girlfriend died there doing this. He had a ticket that was excessive speed for 89 before so this is his first time so you know he's he's going to be suspended by the league they're just waiting on the courts the, the judge obviously has said you've been convicted you got a 30-day sentence we're reconsidering it down but i'm not going to let you sit in jail for 48 days it's going to have to be more maybe it's like 15 or something terry allen did this many years ago in the 90s when the redskins terry was mm-hmm. doing uh 131 uh, but he oh. ran from the cops and got a DUI off it. And he did, like, uh, I think about 10 days in jail. Jason Worth did uh, five days uh, in Virginia for doing 105 on the Beltway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it is a serious thing. You can kill somebody. And obviously he's gotten caught once and didn't learn from it. And is jail the right thing here? I don't know. That's for the judge. But, but seriously, you know, I'd suspend his license for a long time, and that is part of the deal. It's, you want to say he's young and immature, but – Come on, man. You're doing you're doing dangerous stuff here. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to have to learn killing somebody. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Jason Worth. That happened while I was an intern at NBC4, and I thought I was the coolest intern ever because they sent me to the court 
to go uh, get the police report uh, to find out how, ex how fast exactly he was going. It's Rick Snyder with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What are your expectations for Chase Young? And have they changed at all since you've seen him in person at training camp? Seemed, uh, he seems very focused, which I expected would. It's a contract year, you know, so that's got Chase's attention too. I like his initial explosion off the ball. We haven't really seen them bang so much. So when they play, uh, they scrimmage Baltimore Ravens twice in about 10 days, and then they play him in the second preseason game. That's going to show me everything I need to know about this team. Uh, you know, how do they do against that live action? Their scrimmages between teams tend to be very intense, more so than they should be. A lot of fights come out of those, too. Uh, so that's when we're going to tell who's who. But I think Chase is poised to have a good year, conditioning-wise and always. He looks good. Sergeant Snyder, always appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Follow Rick Snyder on social media at Snyder underscore remarks. Thanks a lot, Rick. Thanks for having me. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. It is August 4th, which means it's 804 day here in the 804 Richmond, Virginia. Celebrate with us next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. You can join me here every Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And after the show, we can grab a beer together for happy hour, Monday through Friday from 3 p.m. to 6.30 here at Cap Ale, Midlothian downtown, or with me here in Innsbruck, that includes dollar off draft beers, dollar off highballs, two dollars off house wines, and three dollars off house specialty cocktails. That's Monday through Friday from three to six thirty here at Cap Ale. And I love to promote the late night menu at Capital Ale House. I take advantage of it all the time. It's why I come to watch NFL games here because Sunday through Wednesday from nine p.m. to close, you get five dollars off your late night daily specials. So on Sundays, you can get flatbread pizzas. Mondays is tacos. Tuesdays, burgers. Wednesday, wing night. You guys know I'll be here for wing night at Capital Ale House. And it is festival season here in Richmond, Virginia, the next three weekends. So some great activities. Tonight, tonight is 804 day, and there's a festival in Shaco Bottom. More on that in a second. The next weekend is the 40, 41st ever Watermelon Festival in Carytown, and then Football Festival, AWOD's Football Fest at River City Roll, August 19th from 3 to 7 p.m. Can't wait for it. It's going to be such an awesome time. We'll have representatives from Virginia Tech, UVA, JMU, ODU, VMI, Richmond, William and Mary will, in the will be in the building and more. Of course, we'll talk Washington Commanders and high school football here in Richmond as well part of my football season preview show that's going on at 5 p.m. Flight Club will take the stage after me. They're an awesome local band from 5:30 to 7. It's all taking place at River City Roll August 19th from 3 to 7 p.m. AWOD's Football Fest is proudly presented by South Park 
Carpet and Flooring. They are a local flooring company that has worked in flooring forever. And they just got a new location, 1217 Boulevard in Colonial Heights. They're huge sports fans, and we're super proud that they wanted to sponsor a football festival. If you want, you can get in touch with them today. It's South Park Carpet and Flooring, and you can request a free estimate. Meet with one of their skilled project specialists to get started today. So, Zach, how, how aware were you that today is actually 804 day? I did not wake up and realize it was 804 day <laughs> here in Richmond. <laughs> I knew about it, and I knew about the festival because um, you know Mike Street, right? Yeah, yeah. Mike Street, our buddy from 106.5 The Beat, he's going to be heavily involved down there in the oh, bottom. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, like a, he's like a legit celebrity. Did you know that? Like we're well, kind of like uh, local I, celebrities, but like he should be getting Uber rides to BET <laughs> Awards and the Grammys and stuff. He can be in LA, but he he, was, he loves Richmond. Yeah, he was somewhere over the weekend, and like some he's somebody was posting photos of him. Yeah. yeah, no, he's a star, and we're just we're lucky to have him. I call him Young Fella, so look out for uh, Young Fella at the bottom tonight. And that's that thing is no joke. That yeah, festival. so it's Richmond's biggest block party. It's going to take over Shaco Bottom for the city's first ever 804 day. A lot of first evers this year. The first ever football festival, mm-hmm. the 41st, <laughs> not the first, the 41st watermelon festival. Uh, so here's what's going down at the first ever 804 day. It's Shaco Bottom near 17th Street, um, and it's going to start, I believe, at 4 p.m. And um, uh, Reese Williams with the Shaco Records told ABC 8 News um, today, or WRIC 8 News, they said, quote, we wanted to remind the community that there is so much talent here in Richmond, music, artistically, business, and nonprofit. The musicians especially, they may travel the country and the world, but they're coming back right here to celebrate with us in their hometown. It's going to be Richmond's biggest block party ever. It's a one-day festival that's going to feature three stages of live music, and more than 15 artists. Uh, it, it sounds awesome, man. I'm definitely going to check that out tonight. Yeah, so it's going on, going down between 4 and 9 p.m., and we'll take up two city blocks between 15th and 16th streets from the East Main to East Grace streets from 4 to 9 p.m. Man, it sounds great, dude. Yeah. I got my eye on, uh, you know, I've only been here for like five, six years um, in Richmond, but I know uh, Rodney Stith is the man. I've got my eye on, I've heard of uh, Ricky, um, the pop punk guy. Oh, Ricky Rocky. Yeah, Ricky Rocky. I've heard of him. Ricky Rakai, I think his name is. Okay. But here's who I got my eye on, AWOD. Now, I'm a drummer. I'm a big percussion guy. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm a big funk guy. So (laughs) I've got my eye on Los uh, Malcriotos. Yeah. Les Malcriotis, a 13-piece Latin, Latin funk band. Funk band. <laughs> yeah. How does that sound? I would have to go down there just to experience that. That's got to be amazing. I can't even yeah. imagine how that's, that's sounding. Well, I, mean, I bet it sounds good because when I saw OAR in concert, it blew my mind that they had like an eight-man band. So 13? I mean, that's unbelievable. And it's know? funk. And it's yeah. Latin, so it's oh, it's going to be a, a big flavor. But I mean, a lot of different genres. It spans all of them uh, for eight oh four fest, and that's going to be hopping. I hope everybody has a great time. 
Yeah, I, I, I wasn't aware of it until this morning, but now I know I've got my plans for Friday night. You know, <laughs> I'm going to get off early today, grab a beer at Capital Ale House and then a burger, and then I'll have my base set so I can head down to Shaco Bottom and enjoy 804 Day. Um, speaking of music, Zach, did you hear this story? A local hip-hop group in Richmond signed a deal. The Richmond hip-hop group Kids at Play is headed for bigger things. The 11-member collective has signed with Sony's AWOL label, uh, which has done Dead Mouse and, and a ton of other uh, successful artists. And so according to the group, the deal involves multiple albums, and it came after uh, the successful independent release of their first album, Mike Tyson Jab, that dar- uh garnered 2 million streams via social media. So Kids at Play, a local Richmond hip-hop group, hit it big. We might have to try to get in touch with them for Football Festival next year. That'd be pretty cool. That would be amazing, and good on them representing the 804. Yeah, they're going to move to Los Angeles. Isn't isn't that like so awesome? Like you find you sign a big deal and then you move to LA and you're it's like your dreams are coming true. Yeah, that, now they're going to get on the awesome. they'll get on the radio too, a, a radio edit, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's that's the ticket with these young kids these days. Um, you know, they get discovered with their streaming numbers, you know, and their viral yeah. reactions and then the labels go and sign them and then who knows, the sky's the limit if you get a song on the radio. We I was talking to um a potential new employee about this yesterday. It, there's still something to be said for the magic of radio, and that's why the artists who get it um, are good to radio, you know, and give yeah. them access because they know they wouldn't have that success without it. Yeah, you call it the magic of radio. I call it the power of radio, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why I'll, I want to thank you and all of the higher-ups at Odyssey Richmond. I have been getting texts every single day not for people to listen to my show. No, I, I, is this mic working? I, I didn't even know people are listening to A1 Hello. Radio. Everyone <laughs> listens to all 1021, literally all my friends, and they keep texting me that they're hearing the football festival commercial on yeah. all 1021. So we love that, man. Well, the, it's playing on all of our stations. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, we apparently, it's blow only it playing on all 1021. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, you're not, uh, you don't have uh, a lot of friends who are 65 year old white guys, but uh, <laughs> it, it is playing on all the stations. And we want yeah. a huge turnout for Football Fest, for sure. Yeah. No, it's going to be an awesome time. And, in fact, a fan of AWOD Radio made a Football Festival promo. Yes, a Football Fest promo, a fan-made promo. This guy has been a member of the AWOD Army uh, for probably seven years since I started on the Sports Junkies. His name is Dennis, and he runs the social media account Sports Arama. All right, he was a big Junkies listener. Now he's been tuning into AWOD Radio here in Richmond. Uh, Zach, do we have the clip of a just, fan-made football festival promo? Yeah, I just pulled it up. Right. You ready? <laughs> Let's take a listen. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for some AWOL football? <laughs> hey, Virginia is for lovers. And you know AWOL loves everything in Virginia, even all football teams. So let's kick off the season right. Come out, see me, coaches, and special guests from all your local teams. JMU, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, the Redskins, the Richmond Spiders, all local teams of Virginia will be there. Be there August 19th from 3 to 7 at River City Row. And ain't no party without live music. So catch DJ Chicken 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 Dukesta on the ones and twos. And I'll see you at the first ever AWOD Football Festival. <laughs> I love it. I'm I love it so much. 
Well, yeah. you know, he, one so he, person is listening to your show, yeah. Adam. <laughs> well, he, he does this as like a sock puppet bit. Like, you have to see the video that's attached to it. it, it it's pretty funny looking. And he's wearing a Chris Cooley jersey. Kind of looks like a, a young AWOD in the clip. We'll tweet it out at AWOD Radio and at 910 The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We've got the Richmond Commander coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Pretty good lunch crowd at the bar today. Love to see that at Cap Ale. Of course, I'm here every Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. We'll catch up with Sebastian Salazar from ESPN FC at 2.30. Get his take on the U.S. women's national team and their big-time matchup in the round of 16 against Sweden Sunday morning. We've still got Netflix, and I'll give you guys a weekend preview on the show today in the final hour, the 2 p.m. hour. But joining us right now, longtime friend of the AWOD Army, joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear him on BetMGM tonight. It is Nick Ashu. What's going on, Nick? Hey, Wad. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. So I just went on air and said Washington will win nine games this season. What are your expectations for the Commanders? I mean, I'm saying no way we make all these improvements. Got this offensive genius in Eric Bieniemy, and don't win at least one more game than last season? I'm a believer in Sam Howell. I, you're actually being reasonable, which is a change for you. So I appreciate <laughs> that right off the bat here as opposed to you trying to scream about them having like 12, 13 wins and going to the Super Bowl. No, it really comes down to Sam Howell. You know this in the NFL, right? Like, it all comes down to quarterback play. That's where question marks are all around the league. Like, I look at the Falcons and go, look at all the offensive weapons they have. But they have Desmond Ritter, a quarterback, and I don't know what the hell he's going to be. So, like, when you look at Sam Howell and you look at Washington, I go, they got three, maybe even four good to great receivers, depending on who you're talking about. They've got weapons in the backfield. They've got depth there. I mean, there are some questions about the offensive line, sure. But, like, this is a team that is looks certainly on paper like a nine-win team, and that's just looking at the offensive side of the ball. So, it's I mean, Eric Bieniemy, I, I, I just – it's, it's kind of interesting. And, again, like, I'm not doing D.C. sports talk as much as I used to, so you probably hear more. Like, I feel like there's not enough conversation about Eric Bieniemy being in Washington and what that can bring to the table at least on a, like a national level. So I hope people understand how great this could be, you know, in, in at least in within the fan base at the DC level there in Richmond, like all that, because if this guy ends up being who we think he can be and what we saw with that chief's offense for so many years, I know they don't have Patrick Mahomes, but guess what? Nobody's got Patrick Mahomes except the chiefs. That's why they're the best team in the NFL. This can really bring out the best in this offense. It's not going to be that stale Scott Turner crap that we saw for years. It's going to be something new, something fresh, hopefully something creative with guys like Curtis Samuel there who you can use as a weapon, almost like a Debo Samuel light in some ways. Look, I'm excited. I'm a, this is the most optimistic and excited I've been about this team and this season in I, maybe since 2012 when RG3 was a rookie because now we've also got the owner gone on top of that. You've got a whole new culture that's starting there. I mean, it's a fresh start for this team from top to bottom. I love how you brought that up about Eric Bieniemy. I, I want to dive into that further because I totally believed he deserved a head coaching job, and it upsets me that not only did he not get a head coaching job, 
But the two guys that got the opening jobs were the team that he beat in the Super Bowl with the Eagles defensive <laughs> and offensive coordinator becoming head coach. We're hearing, literally hearing him drop F-bombs. He's demanding perfection. It's been awesome to see. You know, what do you think this offense is going to look like with Eric Bieniemy? Again, more creative. I mean, high, you know, more of a high-powered, fast offense. Um, you know, it's Sam Howell's mobile enough where I think you'll be able to see them roll him out of the pocket, some on some bootlegs. You can have an opportunity to get somebody like Terry McLaurin downfield more, but you're also going to utilize those weapons in the backfield, right? I mean, you've got multiple running backs. I mean, Antonio Gibson kind of is who he is now. I understand that it's not, uh, you know, we kind of thought he was going to be the future running back, and I think they'll use him maybe more on third down, so they'll use him as, you know, returner and things like that. But Brian Robinson has a chance to be a star. I mean, this guy didn't even get an opportunity to be at full strength last year. He's talked about that in camp. Like, there's – there's a, like I saw so it was a tweet today where it was you know you know some people it's like it's always weird to see somebody that doesn't cover like the commanders in this case your local teams talk about how great your local team could be and I can't remember who tweeted it so I can't give him credit but I did see it was some NFL account and it was just like if Sam Howell can get it together this Washington offense could be dangerous and it's just like it's true you look at like what they've got in that depth chart and go they're going to be able to put up some serious points I. I want to temper my expectations slightly, though, just because we do, even if Sam Howell is good, okay, it, he's still technically going to be a rookie. Like, I understand it's his second year, but he's got one start under his belt. That pretty much makes you a rookie at, at NFL. So I think that's the one thing to certainly worry about. I hope there's more creativity. I don't know if they're going to be doing the ring around the rosy huddles before things get going. I'd say, like, let's not get too crazy here. You don't have Patrick Mahomes under center. But just more creativity, man, and just an understanding of, like, how the NFL works today. You've got to be able to throw the ball more. It doesn't mean you don't run the football, and they've got that, but I don't want old-school Ron Rivera football. I want Eric Bieniemy bringing in what he used in Kansas City and utilizing the weapons they've got there. It's Nick Ashu, Mr. Hollywood, here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Don't you do that. You can check Don't him out. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. <laughs> <At> MGM tonight, <laughs> of course, from your time working with the Rooster, Chris Russell. So let's get into some bets here. I've placed three bets on the 2023 NFL season, they are season-long sweats, so that, of course, so that we have content to talk about throughout the season. Uh, the first one I want to get your take on is Peyton Manning has the record for most passing yards in a season, 5,477. Well, now there's an extra game being played, and that record <laughs> is 10 years old. So I bet yes on any player in the NFL to break the record at plus 350. What do you think about that? Can the record get broken this season? That's actually a really good one. I like that. I mean, which quarterbacks are you thinking you're going to do that, though? You're looking at, I'm assuming, maybe Patrick Mahomes. Like, what quarterbacks in your head do you see breaking that record? Because there's only going to be a couple. Yeah, there's only going to be a couple. I mean, Mahomes is the obvious one. I think Justin right. Herbert could surprise some people with the amount of yards he's going to throw. Joe Burrow as well. I mean, it'll be interesting uh, to see who's yeah. healthy this season, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I look, I like that. That's actually a really good bet. I might actually tell you on that, to be honest with you. That's not bad at all with that 17 games there. The interesting thing about uh, the, the Bengals and Joe Burrow, we were actually talking about this last night on BetMGM tonight. It's, if you look at well, one, he's got the calf injury, right? We know how, how much talent is on that Bengals offense. But if you go back and look at even last year, the Bengals started off 0-2, and their offense didn't really start to click until about week six where they started, they didn't eclipse 30 points in a game until week six. And that's when they started to become, you know, that team. So my only concern with Joe Burrow and the Bengals is going to be, well, one, he's going to miss time. I know he's worked with this offense and they've upgraded the offensive line a little bit, but even last year, they still had some issues when they put money into the offensive line last season. So 
is there going to be some level of, I don't even want to say like chemistry issues, but just things aren't clicking and working on all cylinders like they should be, right? Like if the Bengals don't come out of the gate strong right away, do they dig themselves a little bit of a hole? Does that affect their offense? Does that affect, you know, bigger things, obviously, their win total, winning the division, you know, things along those lines. But, you know, going back to your bet, I mean, I, I really do like that. I mean, one of my favorites this year is Trevor Lawrence over 26 and a half touchdown passes. That number is really low to me. He, hit, he had 25 last year, and if you look at the first half of the season versus the second half, I mean, he was the highest-rated quarterback in the AFC the second half of the season. He was phenomenal. It was the Trevor Lawrence that we expected to be. He just had a year under Urban Meyer that essentially doesn't count and should be wiped from the record books and from the history of this earth forever because Urban Meyer had no mm-hmm. business being an NFL head coach and clearly didn't want to be an NFL head coach. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is in, in, in for a monster, monster like year that. this year. I don't, I don't think he's breaking you know, the passing yards record, but think about, too, you look at what he did last season. Now you're adding Calvin Ridley. I know he's a little banged up in camp, but the guy missed the season. So, you know, you, you see players all the time that miss time, like Cooper Cup, same thing, right? Hamstring issues, like injuries, these soft tissues are sore. They, you miss a year or miss a ton of time. They, it happens in camp. Calvin Ridley added to the mix with that Jags offense. I think Trevor Lawrence throws for at least 30 touchdowns this year. So that 26 and a half is really low. I love the over on that. So, like, your, your quarterback – bet is kind of like how I feel about the Trevor Lawrence one. Yeah, no, I like that, especially if he just dumps it off to Travis Etienne, a couple screen passes mm-hmm. end up in the end zone. Uh, last thing I want to ask you is, every year there's a surprise team, right? You have teams that go from worst to first, or from outside the playoffs to in. Who is your one surprise team for the 2023 NFL season? Oh, God, I feel like with this you have to go to the NFC, because the AFC is just so low, and it's going to be tough, where you could have 10 win teams not making the playoffs. The problem is, at the same time, I look at the NFC and go, it's kind of hot garbage halfway through. But here's my thing. I don't know if I can consider them a surprise, but it's mostly because everybody's so down on them. The Minnesota Vikings, they're completely getting written off by everybody. I know the defense is certainly a liability, but we've seen what that offense can do. You mm-hmm. could be offensive player of the year again this year. They can still put up a ton of points and Kirk Cousins is kind of under the gun because he knows hey, he might not even be back after this year so listen you know me I've been critical of Kirk Cousins but I'm also a level-headed fan of his I wish he was still in Washington or at least had been over the last few years but I think I wouldn't say this about the Vikings if it wasn't for the fact that the NFC was so wide open so this isn't a, a worst <laughs> to first obviously because they won what 13 games last year but everybody's yeah. so down on the Vikings this year and they're talking about the Lions in that division, or maybe the Bears are going to be better. You know, Justin Fields is taking the most money to win MVP this year right now. Justin Fields. People are insane. Don't waste your money on Justin Fields winning MVP. But people also like the Bears. And then the questions are like, well, with Jordan Love and the Packers. Just don't write off the Minnesota Vikings just yet. This team won 13 games last year. They had two of the greatest comebacks in NFL history last season. And instead of looking at it as a negative, they played a lot of close games. Look at it as a positive that this team doesn't care how much they're down. They're still able to come back and win games. That's music to my ears. You know why, Zach? Tell uh, Nick, who I just picked as NFL MVP for this season. Cousins. Oh, God. Oh, you are a psychopath. You are crazy. You know, we went this whole time without you saying something totally crazy. And now you've got, listen, I like Kirk Cousins, but pump the brakes on If they the win MVP 13 there, games, person. if you're telling me they can win 13 games, he's got to be in the discussion, dude. I mean, he was, in, he was in the discussion last year, too, and he still didn't come close when it was all said and done. He's not going to win it over Joe Burrow. He's not going to win it over Justin Herbert. I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to be in the conversation. Lamar Jackson, oh, my God, Lamar Jackson now with all the receivers that he's got, it's going to be a totally new offense there. Look, 
I love Kirk as much as anybody. I respect what he's done, but you know, I think you're wasting your money if you bet Kirk Cousins to win it. <laughs> In fairness to Awad, Nick, he did. We did eliminate the top five like obvious choices. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. And, yes, you guys got to give me at least a caveat there. If I had known that, I wouldn't have told you. Because usually you say crazy stuff like that. So I just assumed this was you thinking he was going to win MVP. You took out the top five. Okay, now this is a little bit more reasonable. I get it. Yeah, Nick, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. Good talking to you, buddy. Yep, you can hear Nick every day on 910 The Fan, part of BetMGM tonight. Get all your sports betting information on 910 The Fan from BetMGM tonight and their host, Nick Ashu. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio on The Fan. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We got you covered on both ends of the dial. 910 AM, 105.1 FM, also available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free and just search 910 The Fan to hear AWOD Radio Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Uh, Zach, I just read a headline here that we'll get to next segment. Got me fired up. The Sports Junkies... Talked to Logan Polson, longtime tight end for the Commanders. He said Sam Howell already looking, quote, a billion times better than Carson Wentz. How about that? We'll get Carson to that story. Carson came and went. <laughs> he did. We'll get to that story next. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can check him out on ESPN FC. It's our boy Sebastian Salazar. What's going on, Sebi? Awad, brother, how you doing down there in Richmond? Are you guys ready for the Henny Derby? Your Richmond kickers are, are playing tomorrow night. Big game against Ford Madison. Yep, we're fired up for that. And also it's 8.04 day here in Richmond because it is August 4th, so there's going to be a, a block party down in Shaco Bottom. A lot of fun things happening this weekend here in Richmond, including I'll be getting up early to watch the U.S. women's national team. Sebastian, first I want to I want to get your take on the hate that they've been receiving mm. and, and some of the you know critical uh, you know talk from reporters, including Carly Lloyd, unhappy with the U.S. women's national team performance in their first three games. So I think there's kind of two criticisms, Awad, that are going on. Very specifically, Carly Lloyd was criticizing not necessarily the team's performance, but their behavior at the end of the group phase after the scoreless draw with Portugal, which was not a good performance. It was not a good result, but it was enough to get them through technically to the round of 16. And after the game, cameras caught the players taking pictures with fans, which I think is fine, but then also laughing and dancing. I've got to be honest. When I saw those images, I was surprised, right? Given all that we've heard from the U.S. women's national team over the years about high standards and always reaching them and, and kind of being unrelenting in that way, when you saw that, you were like, okay, second place in the group, a couple bad performances. Like, I didn't think this team would be that happy. But I really think that the general point is, and what was really coming from Carly Lloyd, is a frustration over the team's performance. 
And they've been not just exceptionally frustrating to watch in this tournament, but really, Awad, for the last two years under this manager, there's been very little signs of progress and development. And I think because of that, you're getting a lot of the negative feedback now. People kind of held out hope that Vladko and Anoski and this team would figure it out in the first three games of this tournament. But it's pretty clear that they just haven't. Do you think it's fair to say that there's more pressure on this year's women's national team for the USA because of all the equal pay uh, reports that have kind of been floating around over the last few years and that, that kind of came to light? No, no. I, I think, you know, anybody who wants to link this team's current struggles to something off the field like equal play, pay has an agenda and you'd have to ask them, you know, exactly what that agenda is. Here's what I'll tell you. I think there was way more pressure in 2019, the last time around, when this team won it all and, in that instance, repeated as champions. If you remember, there was an incredibly tense back and forth between the then-president, Donald Trump, and Megan Rapino. Basically, anybody who was a Trump supporter started to hate the team and, and had root against almost Megan Rapino. They were, they were really, to a large part of America, vilified at that point. And people were kind of like saying, well, if you want equal pay, because remember, at that point, they were in a lawsuit with the Federation. It was like kind of you got to prove it. So I think last, you know, in 2019, they had the pressure of, boy, if we don't win this, they're almost going to say that we don't deserve equal pay, which is a ridiculous statement. But that is, I think, the pressure they were under last time around, plus getting heat from the president of the country. This time around, I think it's, it's very, very different. And I think on top of that, we have to acknowledge the realities of football. The women's game is better all around the world. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Plus, you know, this is an older national team mixed with the, uh, some young uh, young talent that doesn't have all the experience. Uh, I, they were not fully healthy stepping into the tournament, but they still could win four games and win the third consecutive Women's World Cup. Um, I'm not uh, saying that's not a possibility at all. I still have confidence in this team. I picked them at the start of the World Cup, plus 250 on FanDuel, just to advance mm. to that championship game. Uh, and so I loved that bet, and I'm still uh, hoping that that's a possibility. Let's get to Sunday, 5 a.m. on Fox, U.S. Women's National Team, round of 16 opponent, Sweden. Yahoo Sports has a good breakdown where they call Sweden corner kicks FC. What do you know about the hmm. Swedish national team? Listen, there are very few matchups that the U.S. will have wanted to avoid more than this team. First of all, there's the form. Right now, not only is the U.S. not playing well, but Sweden is playing exceptionally well. In fact, I would pick between Sweden and Japan as the two teams that have hit the highest marks so far in this tournament. They are not just good on corner kicks, right? They are very, very effective on set pieces, any dead ball situation. In fact, one of the top scorers in the tournament is their central defender, Amanda Illiset. This lady just posts up on the near post on corner kicks. And it's almost like a slam dunk. And that's a worry for the U.S. because defending set pieces has not exactly been a strength. The history between these two teams is something else that I don't think we can ignore. I think everybody around the world is looking at this U.S. team right now and saying they're not invincible. But if there's a country that knows deep in their soul that this U.S. team is beatable, it is this Swedish team. They eliminated the Americans at the 2016 Olympics in Brazil. And at the last Olympics, they met in a group phase, and Sweden wiped the floor with the United States in a way that we have really not seen in a long time. That, that defeat ended a 44-match unbeaten streak for the United States. 
This Swedish team is coming in hot. They are very, very stingy defensively. They've only conceded once in this tournament. And really, aside from 2015 and 2019 and the American will, there's very little that you can point to on paper in terms of the U.S. winning this game in the round of 16, which makes it to me shocking that the oddsmakers have the Americans installed as such favorites because they do. It's almost like the people who make these odds have not been watching this tournament. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I'm broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. I'm here every Friday from 12 to 3 p.m., and we're talking about the U.S. women's national team matchup on Sunday, 5 a.m., in the knockout round against Sweden. Uh, Now, the one interesting thing for the U.S. women's national team is that Rose Lavelle has been suspended, Mm. and she is a big part of this roster. Uh, Who steps up for Rose Lavelle in the midfield? Yeah, listen, it's hard to overstate just how big a problem this is because the issue for this American team right now is not only that they're not scoring a ton of goals, but they're not really creating a ton of chances. They're not getting the ball into the penalty area. They're not creating a ton of great shots. It's not like they're just about to break through. And the most creative player that this team has by far is Rose Lavelle. So that, that's a huge loss. There's nobody who can directly replace her. I think there's kind of two options, and it speaks to kind of a bigger choice for the manager. Ashley Sanchez is a player I would love to see. She plays for the Washington Spirit. Folks who maybe travel up to Washington might know her. She's a player that's been around this team for a long time, hasn't really been given an opportunity in this tournament. I'd love to see her hit the field. Another player that you could move into midfield is Crystal Dunn. She plays a lot of defense for the team. She used to play for the Washington Spirit as well, actually, back in the day. She's a really good attacking player in the league. She doesn't play that role for the national team, but people want to see that. But generally, AWOD, I think that the question here is how many changes is this manager going to make? Because he has to do something drastic. Like, that's how bad they've been in the first three games. So I think everybody in that starting 11, not just what do you do to replace Rose Lavelle, I think, like, everybody in the starting lineup could be questioned right now, right up to the top with Alex Morgan, who is the face of the team. She was supposed to be the player that was going to score the goals along with Sophia Smith this tournament, and she's just not been herself. And the U.S. needs to evaluate every single player in that lineup because right now the players out there are not producing, and the manager has to try something different. If they try what they did in the first three games, it's going to be ugly, ugly on Sunday morning. Sebastian Salazar with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, part of ESPN, ESPN FC, and Football Americas on ESPN+. Plus. Follow Sebastian on social media, Sebi Salazar, F-U-T. Uh, how would you evaluate the play of Andy Sullivan? I went to high school with her at South County, so I've been really supporting her and rooting for her. Uh, how would you evaluate her play in the midfield? So Andy, Andy's a really interesting one for me. Obviously, another uh, player that plays with the, the Washington Spirit and a very, very good player at the domestic level. She had the unenviable task of being the player that has, had to replace an icon, and that icon was Julie Ertz. Julie Ertz pretty much left the team after the last Olympics. She had a kid. She was out of the game for two years, and Andy was basically given that job, and she played it and played it reasonably well for a while. And then just before the tournament started, the manager brought Julie Ertz back, and everybody was thinking, okay, well, she's going to go back into her old job. Andy Sullivan's going to go to the bench. That didn't happen. He's now actually using Julie Ertz as a defender, uh, and he's got Andy Sullivan still in there. I think the issues in the midfield go beyond Sullivan, but she is 
a player who has not performed at the international level at the same level that we've seen her dominate domestically. And she's not the only one. But I think when you look at that midfield, you have to look at kind of the three players it was supposed to be, Lindsey Horan, Rose Lavelle, Andy Sullivan, and it's just not worked out. Lavelle through injuries, Sullivan through some form, and Lindsey Horan has had her moments in this World Cup. She's already had two. But she's one of the best players in the world, and even she hasn't looked like it necessarily in yeah. this tournament. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, she had that big header, in, in, you know, in that uh, game last week, but uh, I feel like she's not making the most of her opportunities uh, in the box. Give me Sebastian Salazar's, you hear it, keys to victory for the women's national team Sunday, 5 a.m. against Sweden. Well, we mentioned the set pieces, the corner kicks. The United States just cannot give away too many corners and then if they do they've got to be very very good defensively there because that is a Sweden strength another strength for Sweden is their ability to get in behind they've got a forward named Stina Blackstenius who has actually haunted the U.S. before and she's an ace at getting in behind your defense why that worries me is we just watched the game against Portugal where the U.S. by the way in the final minutes of that game were inches away from going out of the tournament they were inches away because some relatively innocent balls from the Portuguese midfielders were getting through the back line and creating trouble. I'm telling you, this Swedish team is not going to be innocent on Sunday morning. Not their strikers, not the people making the passes. They're going to be much more clinical. So the U.S. really needs to guard against that. And then finally, the U.S. just needs to be more clinical in the final third. I mentioned Alex Morgan, but I think the best player on this team in terms of you're going to bet on somebody to score, it's got to be Sophia Smith. She is the yeah. best player in the National Women's Soccer League, and she showed up in the first game, a couple goals right off the bat. We haven't really heard from her since. If the U.S. is going to have any chance, they're going to need a big individual performance from Sophia Smith. Sebastian, great stuff as always, man. So uh, when can people check you out before and after the game covering the women's national team? So we're going to be, of course, uh, working all throughout the weekend on ESPN FC and SportsCenter. We'll be covering uh, not just the Women's World Cup, but also League's Cup. We got Lionel Messi uh, popping off for Inter-Miami. Next episode of Football Americas will be next Tuesday on ESPN+. And we'll see. We'll see if the U.S. is still in the World Cup, and we'll see if uh, Lionel Messi is still in the League's Cup. Well, thanks a lot for the time, man. I appreciate it. Always good to be with you, Awad. That is Sebastian Salazar. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.